My knuckles are white on the chipped countertop. They match the cracked tile at my feet. There's no point cleaning. Everything in this apartment is in some state of decay. Just like me. Sweat makes the thin strap of my tank top cling to my shoulder. There's no AC, not in this part of the city. Nobody with anything to their name lives down here. The screen over my window vibrates in time with the dull roar of the ceaseless traffic above. Exhaust and city grime make the air heavy, leaving a film on my skin. My palm slides across the cracked screen of my link. Two upvotes, both on the recycled meme I posted this morning, nothing meaningful. The red number beside my profile photo, my score, remains unchanged. 1011. It's been hovering just above oblivion for two weeks now. One slip-up, a single controversial thought unleashed online. And that's it. I'll be another forgotten soul, erased from the system. Food rations revoked. Link access terminated. No face, no record. Just an empty apartment for some other poor bastard to rot in. Someone upstairs screams, a baby starts wailing. Typical symphony of the Undercity. Every day is a countdown clock, another tick closer to my irreversible end. Then, I see it. A flash of something on my link feed too fast for the safety sensors to catch. A video, already half-redacted. Blurred faces. Censored names. This isn't the usual stream of celebrity meltdowns or viral dance crazes. There's an official seal in the corner, a government mark. My pulse quickens. This is serious, the type of stuff that can catapult you up the scoreboard or obliterate you. An upvote could save me. But if the content's real, if it reveals some rot at the heart of this whole system, well, maybe it's my ticket out of this hell altogether. I swallow, fear tightening my throat like a fist. A choice, security or truth. It's always the same damn choice, but I'm running out of time. The video hangs in the feed. A paused thumbnail showing a distorted image. A crowd, I think. Blurry figures swarming an ornate building. I force myself to breathe. No matter the content, a reaction means potential salvation. Upvote. Instant gratification. Downvote. Play it safe, but keep slowly sinking. It's too tempting. I hit the button. My upvote registers, the tiny arrow turning blue, then a glitch and the entire video is gone, yanked off the feed, vanished. Did the sensors finally work? Was it flagged? My gut sinks. No, something else is happening. There's a glitch in my link, the screen pulsing in and out. Static builds like white ants under the glass. Panic spikes in my chest. The system rarely screws up this badly. Then the distorted feed image reappears, the blur resolving into brutal clarity. There's blood on the marble steps, splatters against the white stone. People shove and scream, but it's the figures flanking the grand entrance who rivet my attention. Not standard-issue city enforcers with their batons and blank masks. These ones wear uniforms of deep crimson, polished boots, weapons sheathed and gleaming. I know those uniforms. My breath hitches in my throat. Their Praetorian Guard, the personal force of the elite, answerable only to the highest ranks. This has gone way above pay grade. A name flashes beneath the video, 
black on black, censored before I can read it. The crowd surges forward, and before I can stop myself, my finger slams down on the screen. The video expands, and sound explodes from my Link's tiny speakers. Cries and a roar of outrage rise, then gunshots crackle, cutting through the noise. Bodies crumple, and suddenly a crimson slick flows, joining the existing streaks of blood. On the steps, an unmoving cluster of those red uniforms remains. My choked-off sound rings in my ears. No safety now, no playing it smart. My trembling hand can't swipe fast enough as the video ends, replaced by the blank white of a void feed. Damage done. My score will reflect this soon, whether positive or negative, I don't know. But beyond the points, I've seen something real, something forbidden. This wasn't entertainment packaged for the masses. This was evidence of what? An uprising, an attack? Something much, much worse. It doesn't matter now. This choice made itself. Anonymity is already broken. I slide my link into my back pocket, my fingers twitching. My choices, run, hide, wait for the consequences, swirl in my head. Maybe that's the worst thing. In a world ruled by the upvote, I forgot all about how real decisions feel. My bare feet slap against the cold floor as I pace. The video's brutality loops in my mind. There's no time to strategize, no room for measured planning. In this world, impulse is my closest ally. If they can track that upvote, and why wouldn't they? They'll zero in on my location. This apartment isn't safe. In fact, nowhere in the Undercity is. That video went viral faster than anything I'd ever seen before. Which means if they want me, they just have to follow the breadcrumb trail of fear and shock. I snag my worn duffel from beneath the bed and toss in what might pass for essentials. A few protein bars, a refillable water bottle, my emergency credit chip. No point lugging around the rest of my pathetic belongings. It all amounts to nothing anyway. I pull on my faded jacket, the hood a weak shield against the harsh streetlights of the city. A glance at my link, my score remains unchanged. There's still time then, a tremor races through me. This might be the last shred of safety I feel. The screen goes dark as I tap it out, an admission of guilt in itself but necessary. At least this way, I won't leave that glowing beacon to track me down. It's only when I hit the alley behind my building that the magnitude of this mess starts to sink in. Where do I go? In a world obsessed with being watched and accounted for, vanishing isn't easy. There's whispers of the fringes, territories unclaimed by the system. But those are mostly myth. Hey, hold it right there! A deep voice slices through the night. I freeze, every cell in my body zinging with adrenaline. From the shadows, a figure steps out, bulky and shapeless in the half-light. Not Praetorians, but this isn't much better. It's one of the local gangs, enforcers that prey on the weak. My hand twitches toward the broken pipe I jammed in my jacket pocket. A pathetic defence, but my only one. Easy? Easy! The man raises his hands, but his tone's mocking. Word gets around quick. Girl like you watching that? Gotta know you got something they want upstairs. He's talking about the video, of course. In the twisted economics of this place, having eyes on 
something forbidden has its own sort of currency. He edges closer, the stink of something cheap and synthetic emanating from his clothes. The choices snap into focus with cruel clarity, get caught by the ruthless authorities, or end up at the mercy of this thug. One option holds a slim chance of answers, the other, just another kind of erasure. Desperation twists a reckless laugh out of me. Go ahead, I tell him. Tell them where to find me. Tell them I saw it all. And even as my stomach twists, I take a step forward, not away. Because right now, running doesn't make sense. In a world this broken, running only means you die tired. The enforcer blinks, then his mouth slowly breaks into a greasy grin. He wasn't expecting defiance, especially not from someone like me, a scrawny undercity rat. It throws him, just enough to buy me a precious second. That right? He circles me, a predator savouring the scent of fear. Well, see, we both want the same thing, girly, and the higher-ups, they pay well for those with a keen eye. It's not an invitation, it's a threat barely veiled. And it works, a fresh surge of terror jolts through me. But amidst that fear, a tiny spark of something defiant flares. They? These gang thugs have connections with someone who would want that video buried? Someone powerful enough to move above the usual system? He's edging closer, a thick hand reaching out. And as much as I'd love to turn tail and bolt, this might be my only shot. I need information, a place to disappear, and somehow this grimy opportunist might be the key. I have to gamble. My body tenses, every nerve screaming as I make the one move he isn't expecting. Instead of shrinking back, I launch forward, slamming my shoulder into his midsection. It's a weak assault, barely staggering him, but the surprise is on my side. Before he can react, I dart past him towards the end of the alley. It's a maze of old dumpsters and crumbling walls, but somewhere there's a fire escape I swear I scaled when I was younger, more agile. You crazy little... He bellows, charging after me. That's all I need. Fear propels me forward. My lungs burn, every gasp a sandpaper rasp. I can hear his heavier footsteps thudding behind me. His hand brushes my sleeve, hot and sweaty, and I let out a choked yell. My vision narrows down to the grimy metal rungs of the fire escape. Just when I think I've reached the bottom, another set appears above it. With a final burst of energy, I launch myself upwards. My fingers catch the rusted metal just as the enforcer crashes into the base with a furious curse. Ignoring the stinging of my palms, I clamber up, adrenaline masking the pain. There's no subtlety now, just a mad scramble upwards into the gloom. Finally, the flat rooftop. Here, at least, I have a vantage point. The city glitters like a broken jewel below. The ceaseless traffic, a distant hum. A rasping cough tells me he's found the lower escape and is starting his ascent. Exhausted, my heart hammering like a trapped bird, I glance around wildly. There's a shadowy recess between two ventilation units. Maybe I can wedge myself in and just... disappear. Another gasp from below. He's closer. Maybe too close. My eyes are drawn to the edge of the roof, the long drop down to the grimy street where anonymity, of a sort, awaits. It wouldn't be the first time someone jumped to escape what lurked behind them. But then the image of the video flashes in my mind. 
They silenced those people with bullets. No. Running from my past isn't enough. This time I choose to look it dead in the eyes. I crouch near the shadowed alcove, heart rabbiting in my chest. It wouldn't take much, a quick slide under the ductwork and he'd likely blunder right past in the dim light. He emerges from the stairwell, breath rasping, his bulk seeming to fill the rooftop. Even in the low light I see the fury twisting his face as he scans the space. My hand goes to the pipe in my jacket. A flimsy weapon, but it's better than nothing. Then something shifts. An almost inaudible sound echoes, not from the thug, but from behind me. My breath catches in my throat. In my panicked flight, I hadn't been alone. Before I can spin around, a hand clamps over my mouth. It smells of machine oil and something faintly metallic. Panic rears, hot and blinding. But this isn't the desperate grab of the enforcer below. This is calculated, practiced. A long, slender blade materializes under my chin, gleaming dully in the moonlight. Scream and it'll be the last sound you make, a voice hisses, barely a whisper, yet vibrating against my skin. It's not a man's voice, but a woman's, low, taut with tension. She pulls me a fraction back, and over the metal glint, I catch a glimpse of her eyes. They burn with a fierceness that mirrors the cold steel I feel at my throat. Not Praetorian guard or underworld muscle, this is... something different. Despite the danger, an unbidden sense of relief burns within me. Maybe, just maybe, I'm not entirely alone in this mess. The thug stomps closer, a frustrated shout piercing the night. I saw you come up here, rat! The grip on my mouth doesn't ease, but neither does the blade waver. The woman seems frozen in the shadows, waiting. She must have a plan, some reason she hasn't ended me here and now. And foolhardy as it might be, I'm going to trust her. For as scared as I am, the alternative, surrender, seems far worse. The enforcer pauses below the ventilation unit, his head swiveling as he tries to pierce the darkness. Just a few feet away, and he'd be upon me, upon both of us. Yet, my captor remains utterly still, blending with the shadows like a cat poised to strike. The thug gives a disgruntled snort, mumbling something about crazy undercity junkies, and turns back towards the fire escape. I hold my breath. Will he really believe I could have outrun him so easily? The footsteps become fainter, receding back down the harsh metal. Then ever so gradually, the pressure on my mouth eases, the woman's presence receding, almost as if she were merely a figment of the night. But the knife isn't retracted. Don't be an idiot. Her voice rings out, clear and hard. That cretin wasn't the only one watching you. The last syllable echoes as the blade vanishes. There's a shift of fabric a faint sound of footsteps, then nothing. My hand goes to my still-stinging mouth, disbelief buzzing in my veins. She's gone, vanished into the cityscape as swiftly as she'd appeared. My mind whirs. Who was she? Who else are they? The questions gnaw at me, but fear takes a step back as something stronger flares within me, a simmering defiance. It's not just survival anymore, it's about answers. 
I remain crouched in the alcove for what seems like an eternity, the thrum of my own nervous heartbeat echoing in the newfound silence. I strain my ears for any trace of my phantom saviour, but the rooftop holds only the sigh of wind and the relentless hum of the city far below. Had she even been real? My fingers find the raised welt where her hand had clamped over my mouth. Despite the sting, I manage a shaky smile. That woman wasn't the enemy. It's confirmation of a wild hope blossoming amidst the chaos. I'm not the only one who sees the rot beneath the polished surface of this world. Caution eventually overrides adrenaline. I inch from the alcove, muscles twinging in protest. The thug is likely long gone, but I learned tonight that this city harbours far more dangerous players than desperate gangs. My link remains dead in my pocket. A small act of rebellion. No point in offering up a beacon when so many eyes might already be trained on this rooftop. My gaze sweeps the dark expanse, picking out shelters amidst the maze of pipes and machinery. Fringes dwellers, most likely. The rooftop could be my refuge tonight. With heightened senses, I approach the closest cluster of tattered cloth and metal. Before I can gauge the level of danger, a voice calls out, Hold it! Nobody comes up here without clearance! The speaker emerges from the shadows. Not the hardened street tough I was expecting, but a girl, younger than me by a few years. Her eyes narrow in the pale moonlight. What was it with this rooftop and its female defenders? Despite the weapon gripped in her hand, a shard of broken glass glistening ominously. There's an underlying tremor in her voice. I hold up my hands, palms outward. No trouble. I just need a place to hide out. Her gaze darts back toward my alcove, the scene of my earlier confrontation. Doubt and wariness mingle in her eyes, but her stance doesn't soften. Then she shrugs, the sliver of glass lowering, but not disappearing. Name's Briar. Rules are simple. Keep to yourself, pay your share, and you got a deal. Pay with what? I ask, suspicion edging my voice. This could be just another desperate ploy. She points to the duffel bag at my feet. Something tells me you ain't just carrying spare socks in there. I understand then. I saw something, witnessed something I wasn't supposed to. Even amongst the cities forgotten, I have currency. I might not be able to trade that knowledge on the regular feeds, but out here, it's valuable. My stomach churns. I still don't even know what exactly that video meant. This isn't what I wanted when I reacted, yet a corner of my mind whispers that these are the consequences of defiance. This underworld might be as treacherous as the system I was running from, but right now, it's my only safety net. A sigh escapes me. Fair enough, I manage, then hoist the duffel higher. What do I owe for tonight? Briar leads me deeper into the rooftop shantytown. It's not much. Lean-tos draped in reclaimed plastic sheeting, solar lamps swaying from salvaged wires, and an acrid smoke clinging to the air from whatever cooks on their communal fire pit. Yet a desperate ingenuity permeates the whole place. These people have cobbled together survival where the system cast them aside. She stops before a shelter tucked behind a large water tank. This'll do. One night's payment. She gestures sharply for my duffel. There's no negotiating. 
Survival on the fringes doesn't allow for sentimentality. Weariness aches in every bone as I pull out a handful of my protein bars and my small roll of emergency credits. My meagre possessions aren't worth much. The bars will tide them over far better than a few digital pennies. Briar eyes the stash, not with greed, but with a tired pragmatism. That'll square us, she confirms, snatching the food and tossing the credits back into my bag. She lingers, gaze sweeping over me again. Not hostile, just appraising. They'll come looking for you, she finally states. Not as a question, but as cold fact. Whoever put that bounty on your head ain't quitting now. Fear coils in my gut, an icy counterpart to the simmering defiance from before. Bounty, I repeat, a laugh strangled in my throat. Do I even look like I'm worth that much? It ain't always about your score, she mutters, then gestures vaguely towards the city below. Sometimes it's what you saw, what you know, those higher up. They hate loose ends. I understand then. Even with my link deactivated, they could already have my profile flagged. If enough eyes were searching that alleyway, and then the bloody video, it makes a horrifying kind of sense. Briar sees the comprehension dawn in my eyes. Just don't bring that heat around here. We barely hang on as it is. Don't need them coming down on us too, she warns, her tone brooking no argument. Then the pragmatism shifts to something close to pity. Or is it respect? Her hand rests on the rough wood of the lean-to. That woman... She trails off, a hint of uncertainty crossing her young face. Do you know? But the question dies on my tongue. Briar shakes her head. Never seen her kind before. But whatever side she's on, better hope it's yours. That video and now her? Someone might just think you ain't just some random rat anymore and then she ducks her head, melting back into the shadows. As she vanishes, her cryptic words buzz in my head. Not just some random rat. An uneasy feeling unfurls inside me. Is that hope, desperation, or just a fool's fancy, before I plunge even deeper into the darkness? Left alone, I glance around. The space might be a glorified tarp thrown over rusted pipes, but it's shelter. My knees buckle, and I let myself slide to the rough floor. Sleep isn't an option. I have too much to process, too much to fear, and now, possibly, too much to become. Sleep remains a stubborn enemy, my mind replaying the night's events on an endless loop. I close my eyes, but every shadow dances with potential threats. Enforcers, Praetorians, or the mysterious woman and whatever forces she represents. Fear gnaws at me but through it burns a single question. What was on that video? What truth was so dangerous it warranted bloodshed and turned me into some target overnight? When the first streaks of dawn bleed through the polluted sky, my decision crystallizes. I need answers, and in this twisted city, knowledge hides in corners where the light doesn't reach. The only question was how to go about getting it. Briar had used the word bounty suggesting my defiance carried some worth in the right circles. It's a thin, desperate thread, but the only one I have. As the camp starts to stir, I emerge from my shelter, muscles protesting the cramped sleep. 
sunlight washes over the rooftop, and for the first time, I see it clearly. It's a world unto itself, a microcosm of society with its own desperate currency and silent bargains. Beyond its tattered border is the sprawling maze of the city, where I'm no longer just an undercity wretch, but something far more intriguing and far more hunted. I find Briar near the fire pit, stirring a murky broth with a salvaged piece of metal. The smell makes my stomach twist in rebellion, but I paste on a mask of nonchalance as I approach. So, I begin, trying to inject a casualness into my tone that I hardly feel. Where does a girl around here make an inquiry, as it were? Briar eyes me over the rim of the dented pot. Depends on the inquiry. Let's just say, someone with something a little valuable walks into a bar. Might there be ears interested in such treasures? I try to sound cryptic, but it comes out with an amateurish tremble. Her brow furrows, then she bursts into a surprisingly harsh laugh. Not a bar, sweetie. That kind of trade thrives in the cracks, not where any enforcer with half a brain can stumble upon it. There's a pause, then. There's a place they call the Exchange. If the whispers about you are even half true, you might survive long enough to get in the door. Suddenly she leans in close. Just remember they pay for truths there, not pretty stories. If you ain't holding something the buyers actually want, well, even your bones won't make it out of those alleys. The Exchange. It sounds more like a death sentence than a lead. But then... Death always feels close in this underbelly of existence. Maybe the greater risk is wasting away in ignorance, forever hunted, forever one step ahead of oblivion. Can you point me in the right direction? I ask, forcing steadiness into my voice. Briar seems to weigh her options, then gives a curt nod. You keep heading down, deeper, not into the tunnels. Too many rats down there who'd sell you out for spare parts. Look for a mark. She digs around in a pouch, pulls out a sliver of charcoal, and sketches a jagged, lightning-shaped symbol on my forearm. Show this, keep your mouth shut, and pray whatever gods live under this rotten city watch over you. Hope and fear collide within me, leaving an odd kind of numbness. Maybe I'm already dead, and just haven't realised it yet. I muster a faint smile. Thanks. I think. Then I sling my duffel over my shoulder and set off across the rooftop, headed for a destiny even more shrouded in darkness than I could have ever imagined. My descent into the lower levels is far from graceful. I bypass anything resembling a sanctioned stairwell, instead finding treacherous handholds among half-collapsed fire escapes and shimmying across exposed pipes. It feels like peeling back the layers of a rotting onion each level revealing a darker, grimier stratum of existence. Yet, with every perilous step, I'm propelled forward by a desperate, reckless curiosity. Down and down I go, until the once pervasive hum of traffic softens to a dull drone. More than once, I stumble into blind alleys and have to scramble back, heart pounding a frantic rhythm against my ribs. It's a labyrinth designed to trap where every wrong turn could be a fatal mistake. Each time I see a movement from the corner of my eye or hear a scuffle in the dark, 
I steel myself to become another whispered tale, vanished into the shadows. As my eyes adjust to the gloom, I start making out other figures. Hunched silhouettes flitting along rain gutters, pale-eyed denizens huddled under stained tarps. No one bothers me directly. This underworld observes its own code, and anyone foolish enough to venture this far must have some business to conduct. It is a chilling comfort. Here, anonymity itself might prove my strongest shield. Hours pass, or maybe only minutes. Time becomes warped in this half-life beneath the sun. Yet Briar's directions linger in my mind, guiding me with their stark warnings. Just when I begin to fear I've truly lost my way, veins of neon cut through the dingy alleys ahead. As I near, the source of the light reveals itself a doorway choked with rust and partially boarded up. But it isn't the dilapidation that gives me pause. It's the crude symbol scrawled above in runny red paint. The jagged lightning bolt, exactly as Briar had drawn it. The exchange. Fear battles determination within me. This might be the stupidest, most dangerous thing I've ever done. Then again, my whole life lately seems to specialize in bad ideas. Besides, it's not even truly a choice anymore. I'm a lit fuse and there's only one direction left to burn. Clutching my duffel, I slip through the partially open door. The interior is almost pitch black. The rank smell of stale liquor and something far fouler invades my lungs. A raucous murmur of voices hangs in the air, a hundred conversations at once, cutting through the low thrum of some distorted music. My skin prickles as unseen eyes seem to land on me. Before I can lose my nerve, I reach into my pocket and pull out my emergency credit chip. A risky move exposing my most valuable asset. But this, as Briar reminded me, is a bartering place. My heart pounding in my ears, I grip the small sliver of tech tightly and approach the looming shadow of a bar. A warped slab of rusted metal perched atop scavenged barrels. In this world of whispers and secrets, this might be the only place where I can finally uncover some sliver of the truth behind this damned, relentless pursuit. If I survive long enough to get the answers, at least. The figure behind the bar is vast, a mountain of muscle adorned with enough tarnished chrome and scavenged leather to intimidate a small army. A single bulb glows overhead, casting his scarred face in stark relief. This isn't some weary bartender, it's a gatekeeper. And from the look in his one milky eye, he doesn't suffer the uninvited. Ignoring him would be fatal, but if I approach with too much deference, he'll smell weakness a mile away and exploit it. Briar's lessons on undercity survival echo in my mind. Stand tall, but not haughty. Show you've got something, but don't offer too much too soon. I make my way through the murky gloom jostled roughly by shadowy figures as I manoeuvre towards the bar. Reaching it, I hoist myself onto a splintered stool. My credit chip lies on the warped metal surface between us, glinting dully under the sputtering bulb. Can this buy me a word? My voice comes out stronger than I expect. The towering bartender grunts, his gaze shifting to the chip and then back to me. Words come easy. Truths, he rumbles, a hint of cruel amusement twisting his lips. Those'll cost more than coin. Only here to sell, not buy, 
I counter, trying to remember to breathe. If my demeanor cracks now, I'm done. My hand inches protectively toward the duffel by my feet. Briar had been right. Here I am my own product. His milky eye narrows, scrutinizing me. And just what is it you got that anyone here would take interest in? For a moment, fear steals my voice. It's insane, this whole gamble. What makes me think my half-glimpsed frantic knowledge is worth anything at all? Yet even fear burns away before a deeper anger. Not the flare of survival I'm used to, but a cold, steady fury at the system that crushed me. The ones who hunted me in the shadows. I lean forward, a recklessness born of desperation fueling my words. Not some petty truth from the alleys. I've got something from up top. My voice lowers, barely a whisper now. Something real. Something dangerous. Do you now? Amusement laces his grunt. And what if I take your truths, little rat, and leave you with nothing for it? The wavering light casts grotesque shadows across his face as he draws himself up to full height. But I don't flinch. The fear hasn't vanished, but it's mingled now with a strange sense of calm. Not peace, not surrender, but a cold clarity of purpose. And what if, I counter, meeting his gaze head on, is worth more than you imagine, enough to get all eyes on you, not me? He stares for a long, tense moment. We're not playing for credits or information anymore, but for something more primal, dominance, and maybe even respect. I see it in his narrowed eye, the hint of recognition that I'm no simple prey. In this underbelly, I'm finally playing by its brutal rules. Then abruptly he throws back his head and roars with laughter, a sound that rattles the rafters. Ah, little rat's got teeth. Fine then, spill your secrets, but if you ain't worth my time... His voice trails off, the threat of what lay unfinished hanging heavy in the air. My hands curl into fists, fingernails biting into my palms. It's the moment of surrender. If this goes poorly, there's nowhere else to run. No one left to hide me. But somewhere within me, I know it's also a beginning and I'm finally ready to gamble it all for the chance to understand how and why my miserable life turned into this dark and explosive farce. A wave of relief washes over me as I realize my gamble paid off, at least for the moment. But fear doesn't fully surrender its grip. After all, this monstrous bartender isn't a savior, but a gatekeeper who now sees me as potentially lucrative instead of easy prey. He'll exploit that relentlessly until my usefulness ceases. That's the bleak currency of this world. He waves a grimy hand toward the shadows at the back of the exchange. Got yourself an audience, little rat, but don't disappoint, he bellows, before turning away to serve another thirsty patron. Tucking my credit chip carefully away, I sling my duffel bag over my shoulder and head toward the shadowy depths he indicated. With every step, the din of the exchange fades, replaced by an unnerving hush. In this back room, hushed tones become weapons, deals cloaked in darkness. An oil lamp provides the only light. Seated around a scarred table are three figures, two hunched, wiry types with nervous energy etched into their features. 
But the figure in the center seat, the sharp suit she wears is as out of place here as sunshine. Even in the near dark, her crisp lines and the flash of gold at her wrists scream power. This isn't some underworld broker. This is someone who plays in that higher, deadlier arena I saw just a glimpse of. Her voice cuts through the tense air, smooth and polished, a stark contrast to the rough inhabitants of the exchange. You say you have information from up top? I trust our associate vouched for the veracity of your claim? Before I can fully grasp the significance of her words, another voice snaps at her from the shadows. Waste of time this is! Should have let the enforcers have the rat instead of chasing these fantasies! I focus on the speaker, one of the two hunched figures. Greed glitters in his narrowed eyes. It hits me with chilling clarity. He didn't come for my information. He came to stop it. And if that meant silencing me, well... My survival instincts have learned bleak lessons these past few days. Panic threatens to claw its way up my throat, but I crush it down. In here, fear would be my death warrant. No, what I need to wield here is the same icy calm that got me through this far. It's the closest thing I have to a weapon now. I step into the circle of light and plant my palms on the table. It's the most brazen show of force I've ever attempted but the element of surprise might be my only advantage. The video, I rasp, adrenaline making my voice hoarse. Praetorians at the steps, massacring, I don't know who, someone powerful enough to hush it up before anyone saw. The woman in the suit leans forward, eyes gleaming in the lamplight. And this footage? Her voice holds a steely edge, a challenge and a tantalizing possibility. That's when I understand what this meeting is, what my role in it truly is. They seek more than the video. They seek the source. Who has the means, the audacity to leak such a damning clip, to strike a blow against the system? This woman sees in me not just a commodity, but a potential path to an even greater prize. I must make her believe I possess more than I ever dreamed of. More than just footage, I reply, infusing my voice with a confidence I barely feel. There's more where that came from. This ain't just some random glitch. There's a crack in their defences, and I might just know how to slip through it. My words hang heavy in the air. I hold my breath, heart thudding a frantic tattoo. Had I overplayed my hand? Will they buy this new gamble? Or has my desperation grown too transparent, the lie too thin? The man who lurked in the shadows hisses with impatience. Lies! Trying to save her neck! Let's end- The woman in the suit silences him, with a look sharper than any weapon the Undercity offers. Ambitious, aren't you, little rat? She studies me. The predatory glint in her eyes unmistakable. Let me see then, this crack of yours. Where does it lead? Names, channels, anything of substance? Now comes the truly dangerous moment. I can weave a tale, bluff my way to buy a few more moments of tenuous reprieve. But that also means burning my bridges behind me, trapping myself in the lie as surely as any prison cell. My instincts scream to take the risk. But with that instinct comes a newfound understanding 
that I've clung to survival and nothing more for far too long. No, I say, meeting her gaze with unwavering resolve. My voice might still carry a nervous tremor, but there's steel in it now. Not a name, or a feed, or anything you can control. I offer you what you truly hunger for. Confusion crosses her face, mirroring that of the two underlings. It's my greatest weapon. An honesty no one anticipates from a broken thing like me. I saw more than just violence that day. I press on, the words trembling onto the table. The Praetorians. They feared someone they served. In that fear, in the way authority can unravel. That's your crack, and I'll lead you right into it. Not all truths are tangible, and what this woman desires isn't data, it's vulnerability. And the system, its power, rests on that illusion of being untouchable. I've glimpsed a different truth, and that is my offering. Intrigue finally displaces calculation in her eyes. The underling sputters. She's gone mad! He lunges for me, but with a speed as deceptive as her elegance, the woman slams her hand down on the table. Hold! This single word rings with undeniable authority. She leans back, the light glinting off a ring on her finger, a stylized viper, the mark of something powerful yet hidden. And I suddenly understand. The woman on the roof. The woman here. They belong to some clandestine force, operating unseen and waiting for the opportune moment. They see rebellion fomenting. She offers disruption, she murmurs, more to herself than the rest of us. Then she fixes her eyes back on me. You speak of rebellion, yet what fuels yours, little rat? Before I can weigh the wisdom of complete honesty, a bitter laugh escapes me. Anger, I admit, the word as harsh as the emotion that still simmers within me, and a sick stubbornness against disappearing as if I hadn't existed at all. I don't add that somewhere along the way, amidst the fear and defiance, hope ignited, however stubborn. Perhaps it's as foolish as my entire situation, but it burns as brightly as the desperate desire to simply stop running. Her lips curve in the slightest of smiles. There's iron in you, more than they expected. For the first time, I sense not merely calculation in her words, but an undeniable satisfaction. It's a terrifying realization. If they see worth in what fuels me, they will do everything in their power to stoke its flames. A strange bargain hangs in the fetid air of the exchange. Not merely a transaction, but a kindling of ambitions. My desperate spark of rebellion is the flint to start this woman's grand scheme. This will change things. The shadowy underling finally rasps, breaking the tense silence. Whether in fear or awe, I cannot tell. A nod cuts through the anticipation. It's curt, precise, not from the woman, but from the hulking bartender standing sentinel in the shadows. I thought him muscle, but now I realize he's the real muscle. The enforcer for this cabal. Perhaps even my potential executioner, should I turn from asset to liability. The woman rises from her seat, her movements carrying a predator's grace. Your name, she demands, her tone brooking no evasion. It's not a request, but a claiming. Yet something within me stirs, not defiance, but a fierce ownership of my own identity. 
My entire life, the system reduced me to a mere score, a forgettable digit. Here, amidst these predators, I have the audacious freedom to forge my own name. Call me Ember, I reply, staring her dead in the eye. It's a promise, a declaration, that even if used for their scheme, my rebellion will never fully belong to them. Her crimson lips twist into a predatory smile. A fitting name, Ember. Perhaps you will bring forth the blaze we so desperately require. And where is my place in all this, I dare to ask. Foolish, perhaps, but that glimmer of defiant hope refuses to be extinguished. It demands some agency, some chance to guide my own fate, however bleak it might seem. She turns toward the door, her sleek silhouette outlined against the harsh neon of the exchange. In a world obsessed with the upvote, it's time to force a system crash, wouldn't you agree? Without waiting for a response, she adds, Stay alive, Ember, and be ready. We will find you. Then, she's gone, melting into the darkness as swiftly as she'd appeared. I remain frozen long after the others in the room move to leave, the exchange regaining its grimy life even as my own has irrevocably altered. There's no mistaking what we've started here tonight. I'm no hero, merely a piece in a game played by far more powerful actors. Survival instincts urge me to slip back into the anonymity of the Undercity, to disappear before I truly ignite and burn bright enough for their hunters to find me. But that stubborn defiance, hardened into fierce resolve, whispers of a different path. You spent your life as an unseen speck, a fleeting moment within the vast machinery. Embrace the flame, force them to watch you burn. With a newfound determination, I rise from the scarred table, hoist my duffel and make my way back into the dim recesses of the exchange. I navigate the shadowed alleyways with a focus born of newfound purpose. No longer am I just hunted, I'm a weaponized truth and they've given me a target, the rotten heart of this corrupted system. When I step back onto the rooftops, the ceaseless smog-filtered sunlight hangs heavy with the weight of unspoken futures. This isn't an ending, or even a true beginning. It's a precipice, a single step separating who I was from who I choose to become. I still don't know if I'll burn for their cause or my own, if I even have the strength to be consumed by a fire of this magnitude. Yet for the first time, a grim smile blooms on my face. Maybe I'm finally on the scoreboard. It just turns out the prize isn't a higher score, but erasing the damn thing altogether.